1: how to check your emotional baggage at the door. And if you can't check it, you have to figure out how to use it. You know, one or the other, because if you go in there with a a ship on your shoulder, no one cares.
0: I could show you my setup actually I don't want to show you my setup it's embarrassing it's it's like a bunch of blankets and pillows set up at my work desk and it's in my big living room which is too big for a podcast
2: I am I am in a literal closet (laughs) on to my to my left is all of my bath towels there's like sunscreen and socks (laughs) and like protein powders and It would be pitch black if it wasn't for the fact that I have a reading light. You oh, know, the little ones that you plug in. Classic. Like over your bed to read at night yep. without turning all the Yeah, that is what is illuminating. Otherwise I would be in pitch darkness. I'm I'm gonna take a picture so that you can like it. I see think I this. will too.
0: I have classic, <laughs> this is classic quarantine podcasting of like my stuffed turtle, my stuffed animal Whew. turtle is is right here by my microphone to help absorb sound, and I don't know how successful that is. My plumber is coming in and out uh, to fix an issue. And listeners, welcome to another episode of In the Envelope. <laughs> Brianna Rodriguez, how are you doing?
2: I'm doing well. I'm super, super excited that we're going to get to talk today. You know, all of our... By by crook. uh Exactly. All our obstacles aside, we're we going to make it happen. We're going to make it happen today. <laughs> we're
0: going to make it happen for Rosie Perez, today's guest.
2: For Rosie, I will do anything for Honestly, Rosie. Honestly, same like ugh,
0: talk about like this is someone who someone who can get me out of bed in the morning. She is one of those inspirations
2: mm-hmm. me. Absolutely. She is my go to uh celebration Jeff. She her soul training, oh, how funny! you know, coming down the line <laughs> is like, you know, whenever there's something that I wanna celebrate Rosie Wait, that's hilarious. is all, top of mind always, uh, her soul train bit is top of mind always when I want to <laughs> celebrate over text with a gif, hands down.
0: That's amazing. <laughs> and she would love that. And like, I feel like um, as you as a native New Yorker, she as a, as a native New Yorker, you can speak to how iconic she yeah. is, particularly. Oh, my God. In that town.
2: Absolutely. She truly is. She truly is the epitome of an icon i mean like she grew up in brooklyn she grew up in williamsburg Mm -hmm. in like the 70s and 80s i always say that it was like the time when you rolled your windows up to even drive through williamsburg and now it is high rises on the water it's different (laughs) yeah it's a little different um but just like her whole come up and her Mm -hmm. really sort of sticking it through till now to like an Emmy nomination for her acting yes. because she had an Emmy nomination for her choreography mm-hmm. in *Living Color*. Oh like, oh my god, amazing! Yeah, so uh, her trajectory has been amazing. Yeah, her
0: um, acting Emmy nomination for *Flight Attendant* seems like because she is obviously she's an Oscar-nominated film star, but I do think of her as more TV, and so it's a little yes. shocking that this is her mm. first acting Emmy nomination. I know, and first in in years because *The Living Color* was in the '90s. Mm-hmm. But uh, what a perfect like backstage guest someone who's very very good at talking about the early career she definitely talked about soul train and do the right thing
2: Mm -hmm. um and women can't jump which we i
0: don't think we covered (laughs) isn't that funny if you go to her imdb that's like the number one movie that's the number one rosie perez movie apparently right not her oscar dominated fearless performance we also talked about broadway like she's very much a stage actor too like she's through and through a new yorker oh absolutely but um the flight attendant okay the other (laughs) friana the other reason that I asked you to come on the podcast. First of all, we haven't heard from you in a while. Second of all, on our team's listeners, we, our team has this spreadsheet where we keep track of who's watching what TV shows. And I saw that Brianna has seen every episode of The Flight Attendant. Yes.
2: <laughs> I binge watched The Flight Attendant, funny enough. I was in England visiting family uh-huh. and jet lagged and... I was like, well, I'm going to stay up until 3 a.m. because I'm going to do it anyway. And you know what I'm going to be doing? I'm going to be binge watching The Flight Attendant. And I could not stop. I could not stop. And seeing, I mean, I know that this, you know, the whole show's incredible, but seeing Rosie come onto the screen, I was so excited. Mm. I was like, oh my God, it's Rosie Perez. And she's, playing this weird character (laughs) you don't know exactly you know who she is you know she's she has this like air of desperation about her which she totally nails but then you it unravels in this way and I don't want to spoil it for anyone but it unravels her character unravels in this way that is so unexpected and is so indicative of Rosie's absolute ability to like access emotion and just be fabulous
0: on a, on a dime completely.
2: And be amazing. Yeah. On a, yeah.
0: She's somebody who can do comedy and confidence and handle yeah. twists. I mean, the twists in the last episode alone are just yeah. wild.
2: I know. I mean, there's like the mystery. You're like, is she a good guy? Is she a bad guy? I'm rooting for her either way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> she's Rosie like
2: The magic of Rosie.
0: Totally. Totally. <laughs> and it is just like, like you said, it is completely irresistible. You cannot stop watching this show. Yeah.
2: Yeah, like she may or may not have ruined her entire family's lives, but like <laughs> Rosie,
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: please get it. I see you, girl. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. And she really speaks to the to the character's <laughs> motivations well in this interview. And she spoke about um, forming the character, kind of helping the writers guide the character, and also mm. said that the set on flight attendant was one of the most collaborative she's ever been on. And we have to give a shout out to uh, recent backstage cover star Kaylee Coco who yes. is the producer and star of Flight Attendant, and the reason that that show happened, mm-hmm. and I got to say, like, is another, like Rosie Perez, is someone who's kind of a long time coming for Emmy acting recognition. Talk about, like, a TV Absolutely. legend. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. I mean, the funny thing is, too, about Kaylee is that I just, in, you know, reading up to prepare for this, she is the one who convinced Rosie to be on the show in the first place. Rosie said (gasps) no.
0: Uh, Amazing. Yeah.
2: Rosie said no. And Kaylee was like, please sit down with me. We will talk. And she convinced her to do it. And now, look, they both have Emmy
0: noms. (laughs) (laughs) Kaylee Cuoco has great taste in actresses, I feel like.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Kaylee's Kaylee's amazing. And she does such incredible work on this show.
0: And Flight Attendant is nominated for Best Comedy, too. I mean, this is is a class. I'm so excited that this is one of the shows we get to feature Phase two of Emmys of this year. One of the most exciting comedies of the year. Absolutely. Thank you, Brianna, for helping me intro that, that you threaded that needle very nicely. We, there were no spoilers. It's a very spoilery show.
2: You know, you, it really, if you know too much going in, yep. it it kind of, it doesn't hit the, hit the same. So totally. I think people should go in knowing as little about the show as possible. I mean, I don't know how you've avoided it at this point, but yeah, yeah. Totally. <laughs> watch it before the Emmys anyway, for the Emmy show, because... It's very good
0: um so thank you brianna if, are there any other updates in back in terms of your end from backstage like i think it's safe to say that we have some exciting updates that we can't go into detail yet on
2: yeah you're totally right <laughs> there's a bunch of super super exciting things that are happening at backstage our growth as a company mm-hmm. um is really really hitting a, a really awesome stride and we are you're totally right. we're not at liberty to discuss just yet but what i can say is I, I really do believe that it's gonna open a lot of doors for both actors and creators mm. alike mm-hmm. to really be able to like make what they want to make, be part of exciting new projects in a super holistic way. Um and I think it's it's really gonna it's really gonna add some some really great value to people uh looking to be on both sides of the sort of job seeking side but also the like the creator side, even the commercial side. You know, if you are in this business, we're we're hoping that we will have something for you to really be able to sink your teeth in and like make it a streamlined process and make the whole, you know, the whole aspect of creating a project from beginning to end Mm. as easy as we can. So Uh, that is all I can say. (laughs) Amazing.
0: Talk about threading the needle with not giving spoilers. That was such a perfect way of of setting us up for this is why we have these intro segments. Listeners, uh, stay tuned. We will have updates for you shortly. Yes, watch this space. Yeah, watch this space. That was so perfect, Brianna. Thank you.
2: <laughs> Without further ado, Rosie Perez and the wonderful Jack Smart. Oh God,
0: thank you. Thank you, Brianna. <laughs> what a perfect way to to intro all this. Um, let's take a quick break and then get. It. Hey, if you are an actor or an aspiring actor, someone at the beginning of your artistic career, and you haven't signed up for Backstage yet, and you don't know how it works, I have good news for you. Backstage is offering 30 whole days completely free just for our In the Envelope listeners. If you visit backstage.com/slash subscribe and enter the code Envelope, you will have full access to the site where you can make a profile, upload a headshot, upload a reel, start applying to the thousands of casting notices uploaded. Every Every single day on the world's number one casting platform. Again, we are giving listeners of this podcast 30 days completely free to try out Backstage. Go to checkout. That's Backstage.com slash subscribe and enter the code ENVELOPE. If you wanna be in contention for an Emmy or for an Oscar or for a Tony or for a SAG award, do as many of the guests on this podcast have suggested and use Backstage. We are here for you. Again, free 30-day trial, backstage.com slash subscribe. Enter the code ENVELOPE. and dancing legend Rosie Perez went from Soul Train to Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing to directing and choreographing In Living Color, eventually starring on Broadway in White Men Can't Jump, Fearless, for which she earned an Academy Award nomination, Bounty Hunters, Rise, Birds of Prey, and more. She's now up for a Primetime Emmy Award for her work as Megan Briscoe on HBO Max's comedy The Flight Attendant. Here is the phenomenal Rosie Perez. Um, I'm such a fan. I'm so excited to talk to you today. How are you?
1: I'm good. And you?
0: Good. Are you doing, like, a full day of press?
1: Today, yes. Today's my uh, day off. So, yeah. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> yes. Congratulations on your Emmy nominations. It's so exciting.
1: Thank you very much. It is exciting!
0: It is, right? Yes. Did you yes. did you know filming this fun, you know, international, um, like, comedy but also murder mystery and corporate espionage show that you would be in talks with the Emmys?
1: No, no. <laughs> but my friend, Johnny Lavoie, who's also my hairdresser,
0: <laughs>
1: he said he saw he only saw the first episode. Yeah. Um, of, or did they release first two or first three episodes or something sure. like that? And he called me up. And he says, you're going to get nominated. I go, oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> can you color my hair and he fell out left and he goes okay <laughs> and so uh yeah but i had no idea not a clue awesome. not a thought so
0: and hbo max i mean it's one of the first hbo max shows so it's all kind of new
1: yeah 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 yeah
0: so exciting and we are so we are backstage and we are all about the acting and craft advice and so i'm so excited to talk to you about your whole career and i'm sure you have so much advice for fellow performers and all of that but um can i ask like the big question first which is why acting how did you get into this what were the early inspirations that led you here
1: well funny enough i don't tell this story a lot because then it opens up a can of worms but if you could just take (laughs) what i'm gonna say and but um, um, the nuns mm-hmm. uh, were the first ones that put me on the stage when I was little. And I hated it and loved it at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, every Christmas, uh, they picked me for Lucy uh, in the Charlie Brown's Christmas story, but I wanted to be lioness.
2: Okay. And
1: um, yeah. That was the latent lesbian aspect of me uh, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, so I was mad all the time wanting you know wanting to be Linus and not not, not getting to play him but having to play uh, Lucy and um, uh, my friend who I'm still friends with from kindergarten uh, uh wow. Lydia uh, Lopez um. She said, they always picked you to be the lead bunny in the Easter Day parade. Oh. <laughs> so the nuns knew. I had not a clue. I wanted to be a you know marine biologist. I was like, all right, yeah. that was then, you know. And um, and then while I'm in college, along comes Spike Lee and my whole life changed. Yeah. It. So it's well, the nuns and spike lee.
0: <laughs> Those are the DNA of the career. Is it safe to say, because we've spoken to so many actors on this podcast whose big break, quote unquote, is more like, you know, fits and starts and working your way in steadily. And yours just seems like overnight you met Spike Lee in a nightclub and that's how it all began, right?
1: Yes and no. It was very, very difficult. I did do the right thing and everybody was telling me you're set and nothing happened.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Literally nothing happened. Sure. I didn't have an agent. I didn't have a manager. Um, I had to figure out um, the business. Someone said, get backstage. Uh, Oh, great. I swear to goodness and read it through and through. Um, uh, You know, started asking questions and, started taking interviews with um with uh agents and they were tiny 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 small agencies um you know and they always wanted to put me out for the prostitute you know the hoe on the row all of that and i said if i'm the lead hoe i'll do it yeah Yeah. otherwise i don't want to do it um you know, and they told me I should be grateful. This business is so hard. You have to work your way up. I said, but why do I have to work my way up from there? You know, Um, the uh, um, I couldn't get a job to save my life. It didn't matter that Do the Right Thing was the biggest summer hit Mm -hmm. of that time. And um, and I was confronted with the racism and bigotry and sexism of Hollywood immediately yeah and everyone thought that I had it on easy street and I did not Mm. I did not and um, I auditioned and auditioned and auditioned and auditioned and because I really really wanted it and I always had a very strong work ethic and also I had a very strong belief in myself even as a little kid it drove the nuns crazy (laughs) and um I just kept pushing and pushing, and I got uh, HBO's uh, Criminal Justice, starring Forrest Whitaker, and, you know, and people – and I remember the agent goes, well, it's for a crackhead hoe. I said, yeah, but I am the crackhead hoe. It's about me.
3: <clears throat> okay. And I said, you don't
1: get it. And I remember that agent asked me to get a nose job and dye my hair blonde, and I would have more access, and I said, you're fired.
0: Oh, my gosh. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, – Wow. Yeah, she denies this story from this day on, and I never say her name because I don't want to be disrespectful and further any type of embarrassment or hurt with her. You know, it's that's not my agenda. I tell the story because my agenda is to help change the system by, by saying, this is what happens. This is what we have to confront. Yeah. This is why you see so many white-looking people of color on the screen because they're telling us that's the only... Those are the only class of people that get jobs. Yeah. And, um, you know, so I made it even harder for myself, but that was all right because I could wake up in the morning and look myself in the mirror. And plus I had a brain. So I knew if it didn't work out, I could go back to college and get my degree in science and, you know, and carry on.
0: Sure. Well, and there was also the dancing, was the dancing separate from the acting? Like, first of all, how did soul train happen and then eventually in Living Color, which was another sort of big break, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, um, Soul Train Hopping, um, it was after my nighttime lab class in college. Uh, shout out yeah. to Professor Mathers, <laughs> LACC. Um, and we went to a nightclub called Florentine Gardens, me and my girls, uh, Carol Diaz and Tracy and uh, Nia, we, did, we, we were the crew. And... Um, a talent scout from Soul Train picked me out and said, I want you to be on Soul Train. I said, what? You know, I come from Brooklyn, New York. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I was like, I can't believe it. And I said, can my girlfriends come? And they, he said, what do they look like? I said, they're hot. I said, they're mm-hmm. right over there. And um, I said, if they if they can't come, I don't want to go. Okay. And he says, do you understand what you're saying? I said, yeah. I said, if they can't come, I don't want to go. I said I got a lot of classes, <laughs> and I have a job, so you yeah. know. Um, this is not Plan me. A. You already had yeah. a Plan A,
3: yeah.
1: I already have my Plan A, yeah. and so he got all my girls' friends in as well, and that wasn't easy because I thought like, oh my gosh, this is like a fantasy. We get to the gate at Fox Studios <laughs> off of Sunset and Gower. And the security guard goes, where do you think you're going? You can't get in. I said, no, this man, the talent scout. He goes, yeah, and all these other people he invited. So you're going to have to wait and get repicked. I said, what?
2: No.
1: <laughs> I was so pissed off. <laughs> um, and he comes out and he lets us in right away. And that's that's how that happened. And then the choreography happened because um, God rest his solo, Silas Jr., who was a head of a for MCA Records um, had a act. He brought an act um, to Soul Train and he saw me dancing hip hop and Don Cornelius at the time didn't want anyone dancing hip hop. He hated it. And so while I was not on the floor behind the cameras, I was just dancing hip hop and I was showing this guy, Ricky, who I would dance with a lot. Um, he's a great guy and um, little came over to me and said, What that's that's that New York thing you're doing, right? I said, Yeah, <laughs> I'm from New York. Really? I go, yeah. He goes, I said, it's hip hop. I said, you know, and he goes, oh no, first he said it was in break dancing. And I said, no, no. <laughs> and um and he said, I have an artist that's going solo. Would you teach it to him? And I said, what? He goes, yeah, just create like a, a routine or something mm. like, you know, and he says, you know how those rappers do it? And they have two dancers behind them. I, I want to do that for an R&B group, an R&B mm-hmm. artist. And at the time, that was not done. Right. And I said, I'm not a choreographer. And he says, I'll pay you $1,600. And I said, I'll be there Monday. Yeah. And how that happened. So, um, but I still was going to school at the same time. Wow. Okay. And that that recording artist was Bobby Brown.
0: Amazing. Yeah. And this is when all yeah. those genres started to meld and of course hip-hop was new you were pioneering yeah. hip-hop and dance in hollywood uh, i guess
1: okay in hollywood yes i'll take that yeah 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 but no there were there were other pioneers you know yeah. like cliff love scoob and scrap there was a lot of a lot of those guys they're the ones that really kind of started the dance behind uh, a recording artist
0: sure and then just to go back to the backstage thing, I was going to ask and you brought it up organically. You used backstage, or at least you read backstage.
1: Mm-hmm. what
0: What were the kinds of things you were looking for? A job? Uh-huh. Any kind of job?
1: Any kind of job. And <laughs> while I was while I was looking for it, I remember I was in this um, deli on Varick, and another person comes up and says, Hey, you're that girl from Do the Right Thing. I said, yeah. Uh-huh. And he said, what are you doing? I said, oh, I'm looking for auditions. And, um, and he said, you know, HBO is, is looking for auditions. You should check it out. I said, really? And he said, yeah. And I said, where's HBO? And he just fell out laughing. And <laughs> I said, isn't that in Hollywood? And he goes. <laughs> right. No, they have an office here in New York. I said they do. <laughs> but it was another. I don't know who that guy is. I don't know who, who he is. And he, wow. I, I wish I could find him. You know. Um, but he was. He said he was a, a an actor too. Hmm. Isn't that great? Meant to, Meant to be. Meant to be.
0: That's amazing. And so, is it on the job training in terms of? Talk to me about. Um, obviously, we like the nitty gritty craft acting technique. Do you have a process? Do you have things that you do every time for every role, no matter what it is?
1: Yes. Um, I did not know that I had a technique. I did not know that I had a certain craft. I just thought, okay, they say I know how to act, and I know right. how to act. You know, that was it. And it wasn't until uh, I met Peter Weir. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh one day he said i said i'm so tired i i just i just can't give you what i what i gave you on this first take because then if i do it then i'm doing like like i did yesterday i'm just i'm just faking it he goes yeah that's called acting it's acting and i burst out laughing and i said <laughs> i know he says but you know your technique is great and he goes you know you you, you have a really strong uh, uh, work ethic and craft And I went, what are you talking about?
0: I'm making it up, yeah.
1: And then he says, You work so hard. You know your lines, and you know everybody else's lines. You know every stage directing direction. You go, no, no, no. In the script it says this, and I have to tell you, well, I want to change that. Uh, And then you you're you can change very Mm. quickly. And he said, he said, and 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 he says, and, and I said, I have a technique? And he fell out laughing and he hugged me. And I said, I'm supposed to be the female Jacques Cousteau. I'm still new at this. Right. <laughs> and he says, well, if everyone was a- acted as, as you did who were new, they would get pretty far. And I went, you think? He goes, yeah. And, you know, I mean, I I quit the night before we started filming Fearless because I was, I felt too overwhelmed. And mm-hmm. I felt like this was a really, really serious role. And there were so many people doubting me um, and everything. And unfortunately, I let that doubt seep in me. And I was, it was two o'clock in the morning and I was studying. And that comes from dance. And it also comes mm-hmm. from uh, school, you know. Um, I just, I know how to study and I know how to work hard. And I always did that and I don't take it for granted. Like when the other actors were like, let's go out to dinner. No, no, no. I no, I have to study. I'm going back to my hotel or I'm going back home. I'm going to, I, I was always like that. And, and, um, it's funny the other day, my sister said you used to rub people the wrong way because you were like the party pooper. You were like, no, I don't want to do that. You know? And I was like, okay, (laughs) I'll take, you know, I'll be that I am that. And, um, (laughs) You know, but when I was younger, um, it used to hurt my feelings when people, other cast members, other crew members, stopped asking me out to hang, hmm. and um, and would say that I was too serious. You know, and, and uh, anyways, two o'clock in the morning, I called uh, Peter Weir, I was in the hotel room, and I said, I'm, I'm quitting. He said, what? And I said, I can't do this, I can't do this, and you told me when we went to rehearsals to leave rehearsals, and I know you have doubt on me, he goes, no, I told you to leave rehearsal because you're overly prepared <laughs> and you don't need oh, any okay. rehearsal. And I said, what? And he said, <laughs> what number are you in? I said, this one. He goes, I'm coming down. I said, no, I'm going to bed. He goes, no, you're not. Oh. And I said, no. And he goes, I said, no, I'm going to bed. And, and he said, you said you were studying. What scene are you studying? And I said, I'm studying this scene and I can't get it. I just can't get it. <laughs> and, um, and he goes, I'm coming down. He stood up with me for two and a half more hours wow! and he said go take a shower we got to be on set in 20 minutes
0: oh my gosh no sleep
1: no sleep I said okay (laughs) and I remember him saying use it and I said use what and he just fell out laughing again you know because these technical terms I was learning on the job yeah you know instinctive yeah yeah and um yeah and uh And I did feel overwhelmed. And then I started understanding what he was saying Mm. and started using it for Carla. Carla was overwhelmed. Yeah. You know, so everything made sense. I wasn't listening to my spirit. I wasn't listening to my body. I was doubting it and thinking all this insecurity, all this overwhelm, wonderment that I was experiencing was just me. And what it was is the character was getting inside of me. And I didn't understand, mm-hmm. at the time, but I quickly, quickly caught up. I went, ah, okay, yeah, I got. Yeah, it.
0: the using it is the is the lesson there. Yeah, yeah, and like and and that de- and of course it depends on every role, but it sounds like for that one, your inexperience and lack of confidence worked in with the character, and you're able to like harness that. Yes. So sometimes inexperience is a good thing, right? Like, I think this is something that early career actors need to hear is like, if you're having doubts, but you're working really hard, the hard work is gonna win out over the doubts.
1: Yes, yes. And also, if any young actors are, are listening, sometimes that never goes away. Right. You know, right, every Every new job I have, I'm wondering how am I going to pull it off? Hmm. You know, it's, and you know, and then... With the preparation, you know, it's just like my dance career. Prep, 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 you know, routines. You study a routine and again and again and again and again. So by the time I go on set, I know what I want to do. I just don't know exactly how I'm going to do it. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. And that's okay because that's part of the process. That's the Mm -hmm. discovery. That's the magic that they call that just comes out of you. You know, because if you don't know how to if you don't. Understand your line is supposed to be, hi, how are you? You're going to go with all your butterflies, all your doubts, all your sensitivity that all actors have, whether they want to admit it or not. You're going to go "Uh," and you're going to you're going to you're going to freeze. You're going to choke, you know. But if you're if you're prepared when you open your mouth and you understand as part of the process, you're going to go, hi, how are you? And then the director might go, tone it down a bit. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> you know, just like, okay, you know what, but you, you, that's what gives you confidence.
0: Yes. Yeah. You know. That kind of, that, the just those experiences, really just having that experience of like, even the knowledge of, it's not going to be perfect. I will make mistakes. And that's okay. And that's okay. It also, it all really does make sense given the, the dancing background. Like, you know how to hit the steps, but not quote unquote choreograph a scene within an inch of its life so that you can't be flexible you have to be flexible on set especially as you're saying like if the script changes which happens right
1: yeah totally absolutely
0: it is so cool hearing about this sounds sadistic but on this podcast it is really cool hearing about like the doubts and the rejections and the (laughs) like can I ask you about those early days of auditions? I mean, maybe you still audition. How often do you audition these days?
1: Not so much. Okay.
0: Good, good. I
1: I will I would say these. And um I remember my manager talk goes, Oh my god, I wish all my clients heard you right now. <laughs> um there was a role. It should have been a straight offer. They still wanted me to go in and audition. Yeah. Sometimes Sometimes it's like they're just pulling your chain and you know it. Yeah. get really, really angry. Um, And sometimes they're not, you know. But here's the deal. As a choreographer that used to be a dancer, I know the difference. When I was a dancer, I used to watch dancers suck their teeth and get mad because they didn't get picked. When I became a choreographer, I understood it. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter how great of a dancer you are. The choreographer may be looking for something else. Yeah. you know, they may be looking, can you capture the spirit of what of, the, of what I'm looking for, not what you can think you can deliver, what mm-hmm. I want. Mm-hmm. And you know and and the, the best dancers that I've ever picked were the ones that blew me away and go, "Wow, I thought I wanted this, but no, you know what? I want that. Yeah, I want what you just did." That's what I want. So I knew that from the get-go. And even when I knew they were pulling my chain, I would have to throw it away. I have to I would have to throw it away because I would walk in the room with that.
2: Yeah.
0: You
1: know, of being so pissed off. And, yeah. you know, and and I, I told my manager Tarek, I said, I'm not above auditioning. I said, because <laughs> Ridley Scott asked me to audition for one scene. Imagine if I said no.
0: To Ridley Scott.
1: To Ridley Scott. <laughs> you know what I mean? What if I was on my high horse and go, I'm not going to do that. You know I could pull it off. It's just one freaking scene. You right. know, how dare he? You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know. it's like, shut up, you dummy. Just do it. You know, right. and just do it. Because, you know, the executive producers and the casting director wanted me, not Ridley. Okay. Okay. And so Ridley goes, well, I got to see. Yeah. Yeah. And I did it. They called me back and said, you got the job. You changed his mind. Right. And that's the importance of sucking it up and just (laughs) going in and doing it. And, you know, like I said, I, I rarely audition now, but if I have to, I'll do it. Yeah. And, and, um, and that said i am terrified every single time i go in
0: okay okay i
1: i am i am so i am shaking in my boots that's I'm honestly hiking, good to hear you know and i hate it i really really <laughs> hate it i hate the whole process yeah you know and um you know but you you have to figure out how to check your emotional baggage at the door hmm. And if you can't check it, you have to figure out how to use it.
0: Use it, okay, one, cool.
1: You know, one or the other, because if you go in there with a, a ship on your shoulder, no one cares. <laughs> and yeah. also they don't wanna work with someone who's annoying and has a, sh- a ship on their shoulder. <laughs>
3: totally. You know?
1: And so, you, you know, you just have to really just do it. And, and more importantly, go in prepared. And people go, oh, well, sometimes it's a cold, cold reading. Well, then get there early. And get the sides, go into the bathroom or the parking lot, wherever you need to do go yeah, and yeah. and practice, practice, practice. Bring a friend so you can read the lines off of practice, 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 and practice. Yeah. You yeah. know, so that when you finally walk in the into the quote unquote cattle call, you're gonna be all right. Yeah. You know what I mean? It won't be a cold reading. Yeah. They'll and think they- that, you know, but and and don't put the paper down. Don't try to impress them with the fact that you know the lines and don't do that. It's BS. Uh-huh. You know what I mean, use it. You don't have to sit there and read off the lines per se, but just have it there because it is like a security. Like, you yeah. know, if you, if you stumble, you can just kind of glance and then still stay connected with who whomever you're doing the scene with.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, so.
0: That's great advice. And I was going to ask, like, is the, the, hu- the huge amount of preparation that you do for every role, does that also apply to auditions? And you're saying, even if it's a cold read and you don't know anything about it, prepare as much as you can.
1: Yes, you can. Right.
0: That's that dancer in you again.
1: <laughs> exactly. Because you go in there and you don't know what they're asking you to dance. You go in there and you, you stand on a line with everybody yeah. else who looks better than you, who's taller than you, who's prettier <laughs> than you, got, you know, no cellulite. And, you know, you're just going, oh, my God, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And then they go, all right, this is the routine, five, six, seven, eight. And they only give you maybe like a half hour. That's it.
0: Yeah. It's trial by fire. Yeah.
1: You know, and you 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 better be serious. Yeah. You better be in shape because you're going to get tired. You yeah, know, and that too. And so yeah. yeah, you have to you know, and like some people who you know I, I've seen actors go out to dinner, I go, Don't you have an audition in the morning? Yeah, but you know, I needed to chill out, you know. I go, uh-huh. uh-huh. And I can smell the weed on them. They're drinking wine and I'm going, Oh my god, they're not gonna get the job.
0: Right, right.
1: They're not gonna get the job. You yeah. know, you know, because it's like you think casting directors are stupid. They could detect a hangover in a hot minute oh yeah oh yeah you know what i mean and it's just it's just in that that way i'm i'm annoying like my sister <laughs> says because that pisses me off that that just makes me so angry because when i was a choreographer and i would say oh to my boss look at this dancer i want i want you to see him or her they are so fabulous and then they come in and they're sloppy and they're slow yeah and just like you blew it why did you do that and affected
0: your yeah like there's more than actors and dancers for that matter need to realize that while it is technically about them because it's their audition there's also their actions affect multiple people it's about more than them And why, why do anything then be completely prepared because anything else, anything less is shooting yourself in the foot is what you're saying.
1: Exactly. And also like I've, I've auditioned for Avi Kaufman several times. Yes. Never got a job. Okay. Ridley Scott.
0: Until Ridley Scott. Okay.
1: Until Ridley Scott. And and that's another thing is that some actors take it personally, the rejection. Oh, they just don't like me. Well, if they keep calling you back, they must. They're just waiting for the right fit. Yeah. That means they believe in you. Mm -hmm. So it's like when you get rejected, you know, or sometimes you know you're not going to get it even before you leave the room. (laughs) The actors know exactly what I'm talking about, you know. I mean, act professionally, man. Shake everybody's hand and say thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. You know, and there's times where I've said, oh, my God, that was horrible. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and I, you know, and, you know, <laughs> and I remember I, I, casting directors go, remember that time you came in for me? And, and you, you bombed. Said- you bombed. That you sucked. <laughs> I went. Yeah, that was called the Matrix. I remember that audition. I was horrible. <laughs> I was horrible. Oh, I was no. horrible. And 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 you know, and they just we just have a good laugh, you know. And it's like you never know. Yeah. You never know. They may call you back. Yeah. You yeah. know. I mean, even you know, that that was that was when I didn't I didn't have a grip on learning how to be composed in all of my nervousness.
0: In the nervousness,
1: Okay, In the nervousness. I'm not trying to um, do away with the nervousness, not trying to Mm. push the nervousness down, you know, um, but finding the champion spirit within those butterflies.
0: Yeah. And again, like, use it. Use it or lose it, kind of. And it's been said on this podcast before that you're not just auditioning for this role. Like you just said, you're auditioning for a role down the line. And I love that that role down the line might be something huge, like a Ridley Scott
2: film.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You
0: really earned that because that's so funny you mentioned avi Kaufman because we're going to feature her on the podcast very soon. We're going to interview her next.
1: Oh, really? Tell yeah. us I love her. I, I think you should let her know. I think that she's, the most honest, unpretentious, mm. super badass casting directors that I've ever encountered. Very cool. She is, she's amongst my top three casting directors. You That's know, cool. yeah. I mean, you know, even with the Ridley, she came in the room, she goes, you ready? I said, I have a question. She goes, what is it? And then I tell her, she goes, it's that. And I go, got it. <laughs> and then she goes in and she finishes with the other person. She comes back out and she goes are you oh you're so ready let's go you know like she you know and oh yeah that just her saying that gave me so much confidence
0: Mm, cool
1: no and so it's 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 like that it's it's you know she's she's amazing and it helps
0: to be charming can you can you we always ask for worst audition horror story and you just mentioned the matrix is it the matrix
1: yeah that's that's my that's my way. what
0: happened can we can I, I don't actually
1: remember it, it's such a it's just like <laughs> the hugest brain fart that ever happened to me in my mm-hmm. career you know i just i blanked out i don't even know what i said and <laughs> and all i remember was the two brothers looking at me like is she mentally insane because <laughs> you know, that's how i don't remember what i said I don't remember what I said. I don't remember what I did. And I just that 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 out of body experience when you're watching yourself mess up. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I didn't know that you have to tell that other you get back in your body. (laughs) You know what I mean? I didn't know that, you know. And so I'm having a conversation with myself while I'm auditioning. Telling myself, oh my God, I'm out of my body. Oh my God, are they all watching me? Oh my God. You know, I didn't, I didn't understand. And totally blew it. And and I knew it. And I just burst out laughing. I burst out laughing, shook everybody's hand, <laughs> laughing and going, I'm so sorry. I'm so <laughs> sorry. I'm so sorry. Nice to meet you guys. It's amazing. This is gonna be a big freaking hit, and I'm not gonna be in it. And they couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> You know, and so it's just because it happens, it happens, it and it's all right, you know, and then even with, when you get an offer, sometimes you get an offer that's conditional, you know, okay. you, you'll get an offer, right, and, but they want to talk to you. Yeah. They want to know what your take on the character is. Oh. Right. But to me, what it really is, they want to feel you out. mm know if you if this working partnership that they're offering you offering you is gonna gel. You're right? sort
0: of still auditioning kind of
1: it's sort of still auditioning. It's yeah. it's a meeting sometimes yeah. it's over the phone mm-hmm. and now it's over Zoom sometimes yeah. it's in office sometimes it's at a lunch or dinner mm-hmm. you know and you just don't know. Yeah. And so always be on your game always act professionally You know, let them know, and let uh, uh, that you have a strong work ethic, and that you you are agreeing with them in their decision, in their offer. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. So so you have to have a certain confidence too. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, I know this is an offer and there's a meeting, but yeah, you're going to give me this role.
0: Sure. Okay.
1: You know, you have to have that confidence without being cocky.
0: Yes. Don't give them an excuse not to cast you.
1: Exactly. <laughs> to risk the author, yes. Yeah, yeah. You don't want that to happen.
0: Totally, yeah. totally. Um, and I love this idea of being in the moment. And we, I, I asked about this too, like what, and it's a tricky question, but like, what is chemistry and what is listening? And aren't there moments where you're working, where you're actually, you have the job and you're on set and you're in character, the cameras are rolling. Do you have those out of body experiences sometimes? And how do you then like get back into the moment?
1: if those out of body experiences is hopping, if i know if i know for sure that it's going to be a bad take and i just can't continue i uh-huh. say can we stop can we cut i'm sorry okay yeah um because i don't want them to use it yeah you know if i if i know i'm It's not fair to me. It's not fair to them. And it's not fair to my scene partner because that's frustrating when the scene partner, you know, when your other partner's not there, you know, and it's just not fair. And I always say, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I just, I got, I I got in my head and, Mm -hmm. and, and I take a deep breath, put my big girl pants on and I go, okay, I'm ready, Hmm. you know? And there are other times where, I'm able to pull it back in It helping to me uh, on Broadway, Joe Montello, director, mm-hmm. Terrence McNally, playwright, I rest his soul, mm-hmm. and I was with Joey Pants, and we we're doing a two-hander, Frankie and Johnny and the Claire de Lune. Yeah. And um, my relatives came to see me, and I was naked on stage. Yeah. Even for five minutes. And... I was so embarrassed. I was so embarrassed and I was out of my body and I'm watching myself.
0: Mm.
1: And I remember you can't stop on on stage. Right. And I remember I took a pause and Joey Pants is looking at me like, what the hell are you doing? And I (laughs) went. I just took a deep breath, closed my eyes. And I said my next line Mm -hmm. and I was right back in it.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I was right back in it. You know, it's just like that, that uh, um, that animation. Just keep swimming, just, you know, just keep going. Yes. Just keep. Take your breath. Take your breath. Take your pause. Mm -hmm. You are so prepared. You know exactly what blocking, where you're supposed to be and what your lines are. Just do that mm-hmm. and just keep going. Yeah, Just keep going. And and it ended up being a, a, a stupendous night, you know, and, and you know, but it's it happens less and less.
0: Okay, good. Okay.
1: It happens less and less. Um, hmm. And another thing where sometimes I'm out of my body, it's because I know this sounds really strange. <laughs> it's because I'm either hungry or thirsty.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah,
1: you know, and so, you know, I say, can I have a banana? Yeah. Moist, you know, and it's not gonna mess me up too much. Sure, digestible. I'll just take a bite of banana, drink some water. And I go, yeah. okay, I'm good. I'm sorry. Let's go.
0: Take care of your like. It's like a basic physiological uh, needs. If those aren't being met, then of course you're not. You're gonna be in your head or out of your body.
1: Yeah and also admitting that you're nervous
0: sure yeah
1: you know i may not always admit that to my scene partner yeah i don't yeah. want to freak them out
0: right, right. You know,
1: but if there's a, a director that's worth their craft you go over to them and you say can i talk to you for a minute and i did that with gideon Raff just uh, on this project that i'm working in spain oh. and Gideon was like what's wrong and i said he goes, wow. oh yeah, I see it, and I started laughing. <laughs> he goes, <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. He goes, it's okay. He, and and I and he said, thank you for telling me. Mm-hmm. I said, okay. He says, I got you. Don't worry about it.
0: I and, got you. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I said, okay, great. You know when it, you know, everybody gets nervous. Not everyone admits it.
0: Yeah, it goes back to the thing of like sort of like with the Matrix audition. It's about owning it. If you just own. And I guess use it. But again, you can't always use the, but like you said, the butterflies, you're, you're, you're figuring out a way to work with the butterflies in your stomach. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Your scene partners, the butterflies in your stomach. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: um, I have to ask you about flight attendant. Um, we, I really like asking actors to describe their characters. Um, and I think it's especially true for a TV show with multiple, I mean, at this point, multiple seasons, congratulations, but like, Um, Who is Megan? Describe your first impressions of her versus then the character Ark. Obviously, we learned a lot about her towards the end of the season that we didn't know at the beginning.
1: So on paper, Megan was conniving, gossipy, um, had a big secret, um, married, successful husband, one child. That was it.
0: Okay. We, oh, okay.
1: Because in the book, Megan is uh, is minuscule. She's such an insignificant, tiny character.
0: Okay.
1: And I think that they wanted initially to, for me to be somebody a little bit more fierce, a little okay. bit more, you know, you know, I got the gossip, you know, more like that. And I... I just kept telling Steve Yaki, I don't buy it. I don't think that's who Megan is. And he was one of those, he goes, well, who is Megan to you? I said, I don't know yet. Can I think about it? Hmm. And I came back very quickly, and I said, I have a few questions beforehand, OK? Why is Megan so unhappy in Oyster Bay? Oy- I- have you guys been to Oyster Bay? Yeah. there's a- <laughs> There's like a a lower working class part, but most of it is middle class and upper middle class and rich. I mean, there's like big mansions in Oyster Bay. They said, well, she just hates it. I go, but why?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And they all pause. I go, don't answer that second question. (laughs) Why is she why does she consider herself Cassie's best friend? She goes, well, because, you know, Cassie's her only friend. I said, right, but why? Cathy, Cassie is a train wreck. Yeah. She's a train wreck. Megan is over 50. Cassie's 30.
0: Uh-huh.
1: There's something really sad and pathetic about that. And that's where what I want to explore. Sure. sure. You know, she's a severe alcoholic in denial. You know, she's promiscuous. Why? Mm. You know, to the point where she ends up with a dead man in bedwear and she can't remember that's why I, I consider my best friend right you know why it's not because i want to help her you know mm-hmm. the way it's scripted i get a kick out of her why right and i said so and i came back to them and i said this is who megan is i don't know exactly how i'm going to play it but this is who she is oh. she's over 50 she's menopausal anybody is menopausal in the room no okay listen so when you're (laughs) menopausal you lose your freaking mind i said because men have menopause i said it's a hormonal change imbalance in your body at 50 years old and if your life is not on track if you're not happy you're going to go out and buy that car and you're going to go out and make deals with kim (laughs) jong-il i said so and and you know and think Cassie is a fascinating person and envy her. That's why Megan is her friend. Okay, yeah, she envies her. She Mm. wants her life because she sees it as her being so free and Mm. so fabulous. You know, I said, Mm. but at the same time, she's annoyed by her because she knows deep down inside. This girl's a wreck. You know, she loves her, but she also knows that I said. So Megan is very multiple levels. But at the at the heart of it, it's menopause. It's menopause because why can't she see she has a fabulous house, a fabulous husband, a wonderful son? She has totally. everything. She doesn't have to work. She works because she loves it. Mm-hmm. So why is she so unhappy? It's called hormones. And they burst out laughing. <laughs> and Steve Yaki goes, I love it. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. And I said, okay, but I don't know how I'm going to play her. And right. he goes, we watch you. Don't worry. We'll we'll figure it out. That's Fasc- our job. Fascinating. And I said, okay. And even my first day of work, I I kept telling Susanna, the director who got nominated, um, I would do a take. She goes, that's good. I go, no, it's not right. It's not right. She goes, okay, it's all right. Let's try it again. I go, okay. She goes, what do you want to do? I said, I don't know. I don't know yet. And she goes, so let's keep trying. That's a good director. Yes. You know? So she gave me three more takes. And she came back and she says, not the last one, but the one before the last. We ran mm-hmm. it back. Let's go with that. Mm-hmm. let we'll that. I think that's where you need to settle into. Ah. And she was so right. Mm. She was, and it so made cool. it easier, you know? And mm. like in episode eight, my favorite episode, I knew exactly how I wanted to play the scene on the train station. I didn't know exactly how I was going to do it, but I knew exactly the feel, the intention, everything, the mood, everything. I knew exactly. And I remember the director came over. It was a different director. And I just put my hand out, very non-threatening. <laughs> like I said, please just give me some space. I know what I'm doing, please. Just give me the first two takes, and mm. then you can come in, please. Mm. And she went, OK. and Um, One of the producers um, comes over to the director and and she goes, just leave her alone. And I went, thank you. Got on that train station, hit my mark, delivered it. They said, cut. They run over. That was amazing. I said, oh, thank you. Are you going to go in for coverage now? They go, no, here's the thing. Uh (laughs) That was technically wrong. I went, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, like oh my god, and um you know, so I had to regroup very, very quickly. Yeah. You know, and and uh, and, and then the second take ended up being better. You know, because I was a little bit more settled in. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, and 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 stuff like that. But it's because I did the work. I did the. Yeah. I created a backstory for her. I created a whole world for her. So that world just slowly crept into me day by day by day as the as the process was going on. And Susanna was right there with me, watching and guiding me. And then the writers were right there with me too. They, wait, you see what we're going to write for making now. And so, you know, so it, it was one of the one of the most creative processes I've had in a very long time. And it was a very, very humbling experience because a person of color, and I know your listeners, if they know they know what I'm talking about. When you come to a project, you know, after you've auditioned or if it's an offer and you got it, you know, you have to brace yourself. You have to brace yourself for all the no's because part of the racism that you encounter is not just not getting the opportunities. It's after you got the opportunity, you're in the door and everyone feels like they have to handhold you, that you're not capable and that your ideas are not up to snuff. Mm-hmm. Right. And or they want to pigeonhole you into a previous performance. Yeah. Um, You know, and you go, you have to, you know, um, Fight for yourself, and you don't have to be a jerk about it. That's the wrong way to approach it, you know. You you just go. This is how I see the character. This is what I need. This is how I see how she's dressed because clothes to me help me settle into the character. Once I put on the wardrobe, Uh that's I'm I'm flying, and that's when I'm starting to take off the tarmac, And, and and all that. But it's you know, with flight attendant, I was so ready for it. And it's exhausting, the energy that you have to fight racism with. It's just so exhausting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, when I approached him, I go, I don't agree with your take on Megan. Okay. What? What do you mean, okay? Okay, tell us what you think. What? He <laughs> was like that. It was just like what the heck is going on <laughs> you know we're not in kansas anymore like you know it's just you know even with wardrobe you know they had her in kind of a hippy dippy vibe and i said no oyster bay in that house hmm. no no it's yeah. not the anthems it's not east hamptons it's not south hamptons. it's a whole different it's conservative yeah. it's republican no. And they go, well, what do you want her to wear? I go, I don't know. I'm just telling you the feel and everything. And they go, okay. And I went, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, like, this is yeah.
0: not the norm necessarily. This
1: is not the norm, you yeah. know? And, and um, I told that to Griffin Math- Mathers, who's one of the flight attendants, wonderful actor. And I said, this is not how it usually goes. Enjoy this. Enjoy mm. this. This project is really, really special. The support we are receiving. Yeah. The freedom that we're receiving is, is really something special. And I will forever be grateful to Ka- uh, to Kaylee Coco because she's at the helm.
0: Yeah. She this made the whole thing, thing happen.
1: She made the whole thing happen. And, you know, and, and this is how change happens, mm. you know, and, and it's really, really great. Um, but that, that was my, my process and that is my process Mm. i i have to a backstory is pivotal Mm. it's pivotal because sometimes when you get lost and you do get lost you have to remember who your character is and it helps so much because sometimes it's not always on the page
0: totally totally and it's actually super super interesting to hear how you you had the puzzle pieces or because of the backstory and even the costuming which is also very cool that you then go, okay, so I do have a sense of who she is. I just don't necessarily know how to play her. And that is where good collaborators and especially good directors kind of help you then put the puzzle pieces together.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Is it true also that especially for a TV show, I love the idea of the writers are now writing for you because of what you're giving on camera, right? They can then adjust the character based on what you've established.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yes. And then sometimes it's the reverse, like the project that I'm working with Gideon Roth, mm-hmm. what was on the page and who I thought the character was, was very different mm-hmm. as to what Gideon was doing it. And he goes, she, she's much stronger. She's much stronger in a, in, a, in a more quieter way, in a more confident way. And, and I go, okay. And, um, and he goes, remember the hurt remember the hurt. And I said, what hurt? It's not there. Hmm. And this is before we went on, we were just talking, you know, via zoom. Hmm. And I said, I need a stronger backstory to access that so-called hurt. And he says, all right, let's talk. And, and we, it was Gideon, Ramon Campos, who's the writer, and myself, all three of us on a Zoom, talking it out, me mm-hmm. fantasizing and imagining and coming up with these scenarios and them going, no, 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 what, what about this? And, oh, yeah, yeah, that's a great idea. What about this? And, you know, and being open, not... Because if you think you're always right, it's it's annoying. And you're <laughs> you're holding yourself back, seriously, <laughs> you know? And so all that said... And all that we came up with, with that backstory, where we needed a place of hurt, right? I still saw it differently. And when, when I got on set and it goes, it's over here, not over there. <laughs> no, but I thought, and he goes, you got to trust me.
0: Yeah, that's that and flexibility.
1: So every project's different. Yes and it and it and you have to adjust your process and be open you know yeah
0: yeah use it can mean lots of different things or, or it depends on the character and the project yeah yeah it is so cool hearing about your process and how i don't know if i i guess i unconsciously made some assumptions about your your process i think for someone like you i and i probably don't speak alone in this like Hearing that you get nervous is really surprising, and and really good to hear. Really, I think there are listeners who are gonna who are gonna go, Rosie Perez still gets nervous on set. That makes me feel a lot better and enable me to be a lot more confident.
1: Huh. Okay. <laughs> so well, thank you
0: for thank you for like showing us that process.
1: Well, thank you, thank you. It's a very nice uh, conversation, so and nice. I can't wait to hear uh, Avi Kaufman.
0: I know, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For um Meravis Town. Yeah. Um, uh, I have to let you go too. This is so great, Rosie. Thank you so much. I have to yeah. let you go soon. Can I ask you some very silly backstagey questions? Okay. Like, where did you get your sag after card? What was it do the right thing? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Pretty great first sag project, I must say.
1: Right? Yes.
0: Um, And I already asked you about your worst audition horror story. But um, what about what is one performance, film, TV, anything that you think that every actor should see and why?
1: Gosh, I like so many. Um, Well, he retired. Mm -hmm. Uh, Contemporary, I would say Daniel Day-Lewis. Okay. I'm never tired of watching that man. Yeah, me too. Did you see Thread?
0: Oh, Phantom Thread, yes,
1: yes. yes.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah.
1: yeah. When he takes that bite, and he knows he, what he's eating Uh huh. You know, in, the, in the final-
0: The oh mushrooms, my, yeah.
1: That's the mushrooms. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> and he has mastered the art of not being afraid to express the emotion and it's still intense. You know how some actors get into this rhythm of, hey, in order to be intense, they have to whisper the lines. Sure. It's irritating because you're like watching, going, what did they say? <laughs> you know, because when the whisper comes naturally, yeah. you move in closer to the screen. You don't have to say what they said, what mm-hmm. did they say? But he could be intense and angry and loud and just and then quiet and just mm. oh my gosh i could work uh, watch his work over and over and over and over and over again
0: mm. yeah. it's just
1: that amazing to me
0: yeah 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 awesome what a great answer absolutely um rosie thank you so much i've kept you long i have to we, i have to let you go i'm sure you're You have to go celebrate your Emmy nomination. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you very
1: much. (laughs) And thank you to all anybody who voted for me. I am so thankful and appreciative. You have no idea. I really am. And it just couldn't come at a better time. And I'm really thankful. So thank you for today. And thank you to all your listeners. That's so sweet.
0: Yeah, gosh. Thank you so much, Rosie. And now it's time to hear from Christine McKenna-Torella, our backstage casting insider. I will let her take it away.
3: Hi, folks. Christine McKenna-Torella here. Rosie Perez is such an endearing, open, fabulous, warm actor. I adored this interview and how generous she was with the highlights and the lowlights of auditions and more. Also... Rosie and I have something in common. We both read backstage the magazine from front to back, and I love that she gave us that shout out about her as a working actor always turning to backstage. I know when I was an actor, I had the tendency to turn directly to the casting call section, but there is so much quality content that will help you on your road to booking more acting jobs and feeling more connected to your dream career. Here are some of my favorites. So there's backstage five, which profiles successful working actor with five questions about their careers. There's green room, that that whole section called the green room. That's an industry column. We tackle something about the industry that's topical each month. There is um, Secret Agent Man, which you know I love. Basically, I I just love this column. I've read it for years. It's an agent who has written this column anonymously for years. and As a consequence, he, she, or they are very candid in their advice on how actors should work with agents and managers. If you know who Secret Agent Man is, or you yourself are in fact Secret Agent Man, please contact me. (laughs) <laughs> I want to give a shout out to my fellow Casting Society of America, Marcy Leroff. Uh, she has note from a CD, takes on different topics in casting each week. Always so knowledgeable, always really great for actors to read about a casting director's perspective. And that is isn't all, we feature different experts and amazing articles each magazine. Also, if you are a digital subscriber, you get an amazing real magazine edition in your inbox. I highly recommend reading our articles that way. It's so cool to digitally turn the pages of the magazine. If you aren't a big reader, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We literally have thousands of hours of experts giving advice on all types of topics, as well as our world-class celebrity interviews. We've hundreds of casting calls for every type of actor in every region on the site, you know that, but here are two that caught my eye this week. Spark Media is casting an in state Florida tourism campaign seeking talent and real couples for several individual one day shoots in either Jacksonville or central Florida area. It's paying $2,000 per shoot, so if you are a local to the Florida area, check that out. Also in the UK, uh, there is a nationwide hyundai commercial casting they will be shooting in dubai which sounds very exciting to me they're paying nine thousand pounds you must have a valid passport to travel to jordan at the start through the mid of september it's a max of seven days shoot out in the desert it sounds really cool check that one out if you're in the uk and as always we have hundreds of casting calls for every type of actor in every region on the site so head over to backstage.com to check those out That's all from me for now. Break a leg in your upcoming auditions and have a beautiful week.
2: In the Envelope is recorded at Lotus Productions and Hyperbolic Audio in New York City and Soundbox LA, Mark Rouse Studios, and Buzzies in Los Angeles. Thanks, as always, to our producer extraordinaire, Jamie Muffet, and to the team at Backstage, Samantha Sherlock, Mark Stinson, Caitlin Watkins, and, of course, Casey Howe. Visit Backstage.com, and don't forget, you can subscribe to Backstage by using the code ENVELOPE at checkout for a free trial. That's right, 100% free. For more exclusive content, join us on Facebook and Twitter at In The Envelope and subscribe, share, and leave a comment. Would you like us
1: to interview next? Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time for another glimpse In The Envelope.